Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Charlie and Jake's Hot Takes. We have Max Fima continuing his role as the sixth man, but, you know, some more injuries. We want to call in the reinforcements. We have Harold Bergner. Harold, thank you for joining us. So happy to be here, man. I personally think when you have a, such a great sixth man, you don't need as much depth, but that's... A just... little depth here and there is necessary because, you know, sometimes the sixth man, he's not playing well. You have a dim-witty yeah, situation where he tears his ACL. So yeah, I'm yeah. the Karis Levert right now, and I'm ready to do work. That's, that's what we love to hear. And, you know, the first order of business, um, I don't know if you guys heard, but um, Patrick Mahomes will sit out this week. So, and it looks like Rodgers is going to play because the Packers still have a shot at that bye. So the two top MVP candidates, one of them is done for the season. So now is a better time than ever. Who do you guys think is winning this MVP award? Or who do you think should? Because sometimes with awards, we know a guy isn't going to win, but we still feel like he should. Harold? I mean, I, I definitely see the case for Rodgers. But in my opinion, I think the Packers, for the last few seasons have been an overhyped team. I don't expect them to make it out of the NFC. And I just think Mahomes is the guy. I mean, the Chiefs have been dominant all season. He leads the league in yards. And I don't think him sitting out this week 17 is really gonna, gonna affect anything. I think the voters understand that there's no need that he needs to play the game. And the Chiefs, I mean, I think they're the best team in the NFL by far. If you put, if you put Rodgers on the Chiefs, the Chiefs get worse. If you put Mahomes on the Packers, the Packers get better. I don't really think you can argue that. And I mean, Mahomes has just been the guy. I, I mean, you say, I don't know if you can argue that, but I mean, I love Mahomes. I think he's a better quarterback than Rodgers overall, obviously long-term, whatever. Rodgers getting up there in age, but you have to look at what Rodgers is doing this season. Granted, Devontae Adams is an absolute beast, and nobody can take that away from him. Devontae Adams is top five receiver in the NFL, could be top two the way he's playing this year. But besides that, like Aaron Rodgers has gotten Robert Tanyan into Pro Bowl consideration. The things he does with weapons that are just not household names impresses, impresses every year, but especially this year. He leads the league in passer rating. This, this year, he's had 13 games with an 100-plus pass rating. You know the only other person to ever do that or the only season that's ever happened? Drew Brees. 2011, not Drew Brees, Drew Brees. 2011, and it was Aaron Rodgers also the other year he won MVP. So I mean, I think, Brees deserved that MVP. Like, Well, well, Harold, debate, I know you're saying it's that was, was going to say that Brees should have won it over Rodgers, but Rodgers' team was 15-1. He had 13 games with the pass. No, but Brees did much more with much less that year. The offense was dominant. I, I, I understand that this is not the topic we're discussing, but. Yes, yes. But, um, you know, saying you're saying do, do a lot with less. As much as we can all admit that Patrick Mahomes is dominant, he has two of the best, two of the top five pass catchers, in my opinion, in the league. I don't know that if you switch Rodgers and Mahomes, Rodgers doesn't put up the same numbers, if not better. I, it's, it's a hard argument to make. I would uh, like to interject at this point and make my case. And while I definitely agree with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes being the two front runners for MVP at this time, I'm going to present a little bit of a dark horse here who I don't necessarily think will win it, but I think he has all the credentials and all the statistics to win it, who is the Buffalo Bills quarterback and Josh Allen. 
at this juncture in time, Josh Allen is currently third in the league in yards, fifth in the league in throwing touchdowns while throwing only nine interceptions, and is third in the league in QBR. But what sets him apart from Rodgers and Mahomes is really his rushing stats, where he's right around the 450-yard mark, um, combined with about eight rushing touchdowns. So that puts him about at 42 touchdowns for the season. But not only that, he has his team at a 12-3 and record, so his team's definitely doing enough. May, may I interject? Of course. He's actually fourth in the league, or fifth in the league in passer rating. I believe you said no, no, he's third. Nah. He's got Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill, don't sleep on the boy, and then Josh Allen. Well, I'm looking at ESPN right here, which says he's third. I find that – that's a that's little okay. embarrassing that you got that wrong, a national it – It sounds like Harold Bergner. Um, Would you like me to share the screen? I mean, I have I – have, you know Please don't share the screen. This isn't a Zoom class, fellas. That is besides the point, Harold Bergner. Continue. I think he has – we're talking about doing a lot with a little, and I think he has done the most with the least. I think Stefan Diggs can – while he's a great wide receiver, do not do not get me wrong, I think he, he can attribute a lot of his success to the growth of Josh Allen. Um, I think that he has willed this team to a 12-3 and three record, and I think that what he has done this season is nothing short of MVP caliber, um, catapulting – the Buffalo Bills into, you know, championship contenders uh, when they haven't really been anything in recent years. And I think that he should definitely, and I think that he is also up for consideration of the most improved award as well. Yeah, I could definitely see Allen winning that most improved yeah. award. And I kind of feel the same way about Josh Allen this year as I did about Luka Doncic last year to make a little cross sports reference. It's not his year yet. You know what I'm saying? He's close. He's leading an up an upstart team. He's got he's got all the talent in the world, and he's really improving year by year. I think next year Josh Allen could really be a guy who wins the MVP, and I'm excited to see him do see him possibly do it. But right now, I think this is Rogers Award outright. I mean, first of all, the stats are just besides the yards, and that's more of a just the the way that the Chiefs play versus how the Packers play. Besides that. Rodgers has Mahomes in every category as well as he does with Allen. He had one bad game against Tampa Bay. Every other game he had, he's, he has 15 games with – or 14 games, rather, with one pick or less, and most games he throws no picks. He's done it all. This team, is, this team has been much better than I thought they were going to be. I wasn't high on the Packers coming into the season. And, I mean, just to give Aaron Rodgers kind of a personal shout-out, what a way to respond to your team drafting a quarterback in the first round. Seriously, right? Can you have a better year than this? I really don't think so. Any closing remarks from you two on this one? Any any last arguments, Harold, on that Mahomes pick? I, mean, I, think, I think you got to look at, at Green Bay's strength of schedule. I mean – It's a fair they, argument. They've kind of had a cakewalk, to be honest. I mean, played a struggling Minnesota team week one, Detroit – Big win against New Orleans in week three, but that's before the Saints really got it rolling. I mean, just scrolling through this, I mean, it really has. I mean, they've really just taken advantage of a week, a week NFC where Mahomes has played the best of the best. I mean, beat the Ravens, beat the Saints as well. I mean, you got to you gotta look at that. Not to mention, I do believe that Devontae Adams 
best receiver in the league. I agree with that as well. I mean, Devontae Adams is great, but can you argue that Devontae Adams and Bobby Tanyan or Devontae Adams and Equinemia St. Brown or Devontae Adams and Marcus Van Valdez Scantling are anything compared to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Sleeping on my boy Geronimo Allison, Charlie? All right, I'm sorry. I, was, I, I, didn't, I didn't name the whole Packers roster, but I just think at the end of the day, you can't say that the weapons that Mahomes has are oh, worse than like, what Rodgers has. Flip side. Do you think that Travis Kelsey is the second is the has the second most yards in the league with any other quarterback? I think with Aaron Rodgers, he probably does. No way. I don't know if I agree with Travis you Kelsey was nice before Mahomes. He was great with Alex oh, Smith as his quarterback. No, no disagree there. But do I think he comes out as one of the best receivers in the league? That's a fair argument. But I also think that the guys on Green Bay were having really solid seasons. Without Aaron Rodgers, they might be selling cars. So, like, it's kind of that type of trade-off, if that makes sense. All righty. Okay. All right. So, uh, week 17 has a little bit of MVP implications, like we said. Also, the AFC playoff race is just kind of a mess in a good way, if that makes sense, because we have so many good teams who are fighting for a bunch of playoff spots there's gonna it's unfortunate because there is gonna be a really really good team left out of the playoffs but it's great because two through one through seven i see seven teams who really could have a shot at coming out of the afc even if Kansas city is the overwhelming favorite so i ask you guys which team that's not in right now but has the chance to be if things go right week 17 would you least want to play if you were a kansas city or a pittsburgh or a buffalo can i begin here do you know a little little snake here Sure. I'm going to start off with the Cleveland Browns, Charlie. Okay. This is a team that in recent weeks I've been very high on. And, okay, we all know they did just take a loss to the Jets. But let's be honest here. Baker Mayfield's top four weapons were out with COVID. And this yeah, came down, I don't blame him on that one. I mean, it this is came the Jets. down to the, you know a last second drive where it really wasn't Baker's fault. You know, he didn't really have anyone catching his balls. He was throwing to Austin Hooper a lot. I'm going to put that one aside a little bit, but other than that, you know, he had a game against the Ravens, which he unfortunately lost, but against the Titans and the Giants as well, where I think Baker Mayfield is just dealing. And he looks honestly as good as anyone in the league right now. It was especially against that Ravens game where, you know, Lamar Jackson comes in from the locker room, Willis Reed-esque after taking a poop, but, um, that kind of saved him. But he, at times in that game, he looked absolutely surgical and he looked like he could take over games. And that is not a QB that I want to run into in um, the playoffs. Not, especially not when Jarvis Landry's getting it going, playing well, and Austin Hooper's big, been a big factor. I think you got to combat that with the running game and probably the best one, two punch in the league with Nick Chubb and Green Hunt. Yeah, I mean, that's a they're a really good team, and I like them a lot, the Browns. They're definitely somebody you don't want to play, but what worries me for them is a little bit of lack of playoff experience, and that's why I like the team that I'm going with, and that's the uh, Ravens. I, for me, the Ravens are scary because you have a team that definitely started the year off not great. I think they were 7-5. and five. They had a bunch of losses in a row, lost to New England. Really, things were not looking good. Everybody got COVID. It seemed like the, the sky was falling. And um, then they just got hot. They've won four in a row, been some good teams. And 
what I like about them, they kind of remind me of last year's Titans in that they're really starting to play their best ball in the stretch run. And that's when a team gets really dangerous. When they're feeling that, that they're hitting their peak right about now, going into the playoffs, coming in, that, that's the t- type of team that you least want to play when you're hosting a playoff game. I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson, his last four games, he's at a QBR of over 100. He's really getting his completion percentage up. They're not throwing a lot, and that's fine. He only has to make a couple of good throws. I've said this before here. He only needs to make a couple of good throws a game as long as he uses his leg and uses his running backs, and they run the ball a lot. They can make things happen on offense. And the defense is solid, and it keeps on getting better. A lot of good players there. Marcus Peters is going to come back soon. Some, they've got a guy at every level. You know, Clayus Campbell is a problem. Uh, the rookie at uh, linebacker, Patrick Queen, I like a lot. So they're just a team with a lot of dudes who can really make a difference. Interesting take there, Charlie. I definitely think that, you know, Lamar Jackson is hitting his stride in the season. He did not play well early on in the season. He's definitely getting there. And he's another quarterback I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to see in the playoffs this year. What about you, Harold? Who are you liking? I mean, yeah, just to interject briefly before I, I pick my team, isn't it terrific that this is the year that we switched it up to the to the seven-team format? Love it. Love it. We really got eight great teams in the in the AFC. And there's it's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be ten and six teams left out. Yeah, it's crazy. Five. Um, quality teams. But there will be an under five hundred New York Giants team in the yes, playoffs. There will be uh oh. Uh oh. You know you're relying on the Eagles, right? I know what I'm relying on. All right, all right. Um, I like the Ravens a lot. I mean, when you have Lamar Jackson, I mean, you're always going to have a shot to win. The Browns, they're actually my pick to miss the playoffs. I see Mason Rudolph, revenge game. Mason Rudolph, revenge game, baby. The Steelers to beat the Browns next week. And I, I know, like... Their team was injured when they lost to the Jets. It's still in Jets. I kind of think their season is over. I don't, I don't see them coming back from that. So I'm going to ride the dark horse, the Indianapolis Colts. And on paper, you look at this team, it's not great, but they're scrappy. I mean, you still got Phillip Rivers. He's a veteran. He's, played, he's had a great season. He's obviously not on the level of, of some of these other guys, but he knows how to win. He has playoff experience, and he really wants it too. And then you look at the defense, and you just look. You just look at their season, and of course they've lost some games, but they've been scrappy. They know how to fight. And in a game with the with the Chiefs or a Steelers, I could I could see it being a, a very close game. I'm not I'm not picking them to to knock out one of those teams, but I just think they. Kind of like, kind of like the Titans last year as well. Like they're just, they're just scrappy and they, they have a chance. I, I think if we go, we went into a little bit of a time machine and we went back to halftime of the Colts Steelers game. I might have agreed with you, but then I watched their second half implosion and it really made me think this team is not legit. And I'll tell you why. They were playing a Pittsburgh team that was playing so bad, playing like a four and twelve team on offense, especially. They could not get anything going. Whatever they turn on, credit to them, credit to Big Ben and, and those guys for getting their act together. But when you're back, when the backbone of your, de- your of your team is your defense and you can't make a stop or two in the second half against an offense that has been dead for the last three weeks, I really question how you're going to stop anybody else. 
I really don't see them winning a playoff game because I don't know if their defense really has that clutch gene. And Phillip Rivers had some nice throws last Sunday, but he's his age is certainly showing a lot more than some other guys. And they need a lot to go right. One thing I will say is if they stick to their game, they didn't give it to jo- Jonathan Taylor had a great first half against Pittsburgh and then they stopped giving him the ball. So that's also an issue of play calling. If Frank Reich can figure out that this team needs to rely on the run and play good defense, dominate time of possession, because that's how you beat an explosive team like Kansas City, then I really think that they have a good shot. But I, I just that, – that loss last week really dented my opinion of them. Um, in my personal opinion, I am probably a Philip River hater, I would say. I think that he's – you know, I mean, obviously he ha- he's not in his – prime anymore and he's seen better days and I think he was once a great QB but I think now he's nothing really more than a game manager he's not someone that I really want to put the ball in his hands and say okay go win me this football game and I mean if you're in the playoffs you want to be dangerous you need a quarterback like that and I just don't think he's that anymore yeah I think that's fair and also a reason why I think that I like the Ravens is because I I don't think Lamar Jackson is elite, but I think he's really, really good. And this is just a huge moment in his career. He lost his first two playoff games. And if I got this stat correct, I remember seeing it on Instagram a while back. It's that the only uh, only two quarterbacks have started 0-2 in their playoff career and went on to win a Super Bowl, and that was Peyton and Eli. So it's it's he's big time. Exactly. It's, it's big time for Lamar. This is a defining season for him. And this is a really defining playoffs for him. If he comes out flat, the jury's going to be sold. People are really not going to be high on him. And I think he responds to that plays his game. Well, doesn't turn the ball over and lets those, lets those guys in the backfield do work. Cause JK Dobbins was a steal in the second round. And he's showing that. And uh, Gus Edwards, Gus bust from Rutgers, really making some noise and that run game like I said what Indianapolis can do I think the Ravens can do that to an even higher level and that's control the clock run the ball play good defense that's how you win playoff games yeah I agree there's a there's a lot of pressure on Lamar this playoffs I mean if he gets bounced first round I mean people are going to be coming for his head calling him not elite. I mean, and this is a guy, like, we don't know how long he's going to play, like, with the running and whatnot. Like, he's not a lock to have a 20-year NFL quarterback career like Mahomes. Or third year. Excuse me? What is this, his third year, though? I mean. It's his third year. But we, we need to understand that, I mean, there are questions about the arm. I mean, the running has not been as good as it was last season. And I think teams are, are kind of starting to, to figure him out. So it's a big game. Team. I agree with that. Yeah, so certainly a big playoffs for Lamar. And uh, just another note, Lamar, uh, he's uh, less than 100 yards away from having his second straight season as an 1,000-yard runner, which is such a, <laughs> such a crazy stat. Who, who would have thought that uh, a guy like that could be making plays in the NFL? Just a couple of years ago, that was such a, such a worry of his. So um, now to shift to the NBA, um, we've had a couple of games, more than a couple of games. Most teams have played three or four. So um, we'll talk a little MVP. Who do you guys like? Who's who's going to? Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Yeah, Julius Randle's looked great, but I don't know if his uh, production is sustainable, Max. I mean, the Knicks, I mean, 
for five games, four games, the Knicks, I mean, way above expectations. Yeah, you got it. yeah, quick, quick break to talk about the Knicks. How about that game against Cleveland? And I don't, I don't know who likes the sports bet who listens to this podcast, but the New York Knicks are 4-0 in their first, first quarter money lines throughout the season. So, hammer. But they're also going to win this game. This game coming up, where are they playing? They play tonight versus the Toronto Raptors. Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one for Toronto. Knicks. Mm-hmm. What's the spread at? Eight and a half, I believe. I might, I might lay that. I could get in with you, Harold. Yeah, perhaps. Well, um, you know, I, I think Fimi, you were telling some some friends before about a certain bet for uh, San Jose State minus nine and a half. And as I take a look, San Jose State is down to Ball State and astounding twenty seven to nothing. So maybe our viewers should um. Beware of the Max Fima. Hey, Charlie, here's advice. I fall down a hundred times. I'm getting up a hundred and one, Charlie. Okay, Howard Ratner. Let's get back to the uh, NBA MVPs conversation. Who do you guys got? Um, I'm going to go with a little dark horse here, a little bit of an underdog, but he has started out the season strong. I think he is on a team where he might not get all the MVP recognition because of someone else on his team named Kevin Durant. But I am riding the Kyrie Irving hype train. Okay. You know, a lot of people don't like him. They don't like the way he speaks, the way he acts, the way he behaves. I love him. You know, his style of play, you know, the crafty, shifty, um, ball on a string point guard scoring first. I love that. I mean, I think he is everything you want in New York City, and I wish he was in Manhattan and not in Brooklyn. But um, he has really been – I wouldn't even say that he's, you know, the second option on that team, the way he's been playing. He's been playing just as good, if not better, than Kevin Durant, putting up absolute numbers. Um, And it's translated, you know. I mean, they're only three and two, but they've been playing very good basketball. Harold, I know you love Kevin Durant, friend. Yeah, I'm a so how do you how do you think he overtakes Durant. Kyrie? I mean, I mean, I think at this point of the season, the play between the two has been comparable. Um, I see the Nets as a one or two seed um, in the East. Um, I see Giannis. I mean, Giannis hasn't really had a great season to start. I mean, I obviously think the Bucks are going to be a great team. I just don't see him getting his third MVP in a row. And um, I mean, I just think as the season progresses, there's going to be some slip ups with Kyrie, some injuries, load management. We don't know. I mean, I do think the injury to Spencer Dimwitty does hurt the Nets overall, and that could potentially hurt Durant's MVP case. But I think Durant's going to be 28, 8 and 5. Can I say at this point in time? At this point in time, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are both averaging 28.3 points. And as I said, I think Kyrie, I think he's going to fall off because he's, I mean, I love Kyrie, but he's, he's Kyrie, you know? So I just think Durant's going to be there. People are going to love the comeback story. story. The media is going to be all over that and Durant's going to get the MVP. Um, yeah. So I think that both of those guys have a great shot and you know, this, this pick is looking worse by the day, but I'm sticking with it. Luka Doncic off into a funk. He might be shooting 9.5% from three, but you know what? I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop riding the Luka Doncic hype train, hype train four games into the season when his next best score is a mix of Josh Richardson, 
James Johnson and Tim Hardaway Jr. I think once Porzingis comes back, the stats get up. And here's my thing. I don't know if there's another candidate, maybe besides Giannis, but I don't think it's Giannis's award this year. I just see him taking a little bit of a stat step back, even with Drew Holiday coming into the fold and just, you know, conserving more in the regular season to make that run into the finals. Luka Doncic needs to go out there every night and put up numbers for the Mavs to win. Right now, it's not working. They're one and three. And that's just because Porzingis isn't there. Porzingis is back in a couple of games. And I think you're going to see Luka Doncic's play go up so well because he finally has another guy who really commands the defense's attention. He's getting doubles, triples. It's really absurd to watch. They're really only paying attention to him on defense. And I think Porzingis is the perfect guy for Luka to win MVP because while in your guys' situation with the Nets, there's obviously going to be talk about who's really the number one. Is it KD? Is it Kyrie? And you might not be able to identify a clear guy with Porzingis and Luca, you know that Luca's the guy. There's no mistaking that. Porzingis is a complimentary piece. He's a good complimentary piece. I, I don't think the Knicks did draft him. Come on. Yes, we, we can talk about the Knicks follies for that could be a whole nother podcast episode. But um I just think Luca has the right team for it once Porzingis comes back. He put up 28, 8, and 8 uh last year. I think he can be around there, maybe a little bit better rebound from this little slump. And I think once he gets this Mavs team to how I know that they can play, which is incredible. I mean, you look at that series against the Clippers, which I think they could have won if Porzingis didn't get hurt. I think that, I think that this is the year for Luca. So I want to make a little point about how you think his team's perfect for Charlie. I actually disagree with you there because if you look in all-time NBA history, if you look at all MVP winners, there have been two all-time whose teams were not one or two seeds in the NBA playoff, and those lie with uh, 2016 and 2017 winner Russell Westbrook, who was the first person to average a triple-double since Oscar Robertson. And then the second one lies with 2017-2018 James Harden, who's averaging well over 30 and 9 that year, having probably one of the best um, scoring seasons. Yeah, offensive seasons since around, you know, like a Michael Jordan, Kobe type season. Yeah, for sure. So I'm just saying that I think it takes a lot, a lot to push you over the edge of not having that one or two um, seed in the playoffs, which I don't think the Mavs will have by the end of the season. Um, and I believe that while I do like Luca, I don't think he's going to do enough to get there. Yeah, so, I could, I, I could agree with Max. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, I think the possibility of a Russell Westbrook or James Harden-esque MVP is it's possible, but I think yeah, Luka, for any for I think it's the most possible for him than anyone else. But sure. I think Luca would. I mean, twenty-eight, eight, and eight is not going to do it. I think he'd have to average like. 32, 33, 12, and 8. Like, almost a triple-double. I mean, it'd have to be, like, next level. And while he's capable of doing that, um, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this season. He's got to start shooting the three better. He's got to take care of the ball better. And they still have to win games. 
they by can't the be, way, they can't be on. an eight seed. They have to be a, a four or five, maybe a six. Yeah, definitely. And by the way, if I didn't, if LeBron didn't take so many load managing day, management games and rest his body as much as everyone else, I would be picking him for MVP. By the way, I could that's, see LeBron. I could see LeBron. My think, thing. That's my thing. Where I like Luca to put put up those in those crazy numbers is that he can really he's going to be needed to play every night and needed to put up numbers every night. And right now that pressure is getting to him. I think he gets used to it. This NBA season, I'm really not putting any stock into the first 10 games. There are no fans, short rest. It's just a weird season in general. I think players really now more than ever deserve the benefit of the doubt for the first couple of games to really get their, get their play style together, get everything working, get the chemistry up. It's just, you're starting the season in December. It's just weird. There are no fans, obviously. Just a weird situation. I think once the Mavs get through their growing pains and they get Porzingis back, I see them as a 4-3 seed. And I think that once you have a guy averaging crazy numbers on a 4-3 seed in the historically good West, obviously I know I'm asking for a lot to go right, but I think those things can happen. And if they do, they then I think you have to be more to Luka. Furthermore, I think that it's important to note that a lot of the guys who are going to be who we think are really in this race for MVP, they're going to be towards the end of the season, like you said with LeBron, the load management, the taking games off, playing lesser minutes. Because unlike the Mavs, they're not a lot of – I think the Nets, like you said, one or two seed, I think they're probably going to know where they are towards the end of the season. Bucks with Giannis. I think Giannis knows that it's in the best interest of him winning a championship for him not to chase the MVP. I think he's going to – even though he's a – really selfless guy. He's a selfless guy. And I think he'll make some sacrifices on his personal numbers for the team to do well. Same thing with the guys on the Lakers, obviously. And outside of that, I don't really see that many candidates. So I think Luca is just in a unique position to really have this MVP, had this MVP season. Um, do we know who the, who the live favorite is right now? Be, it started as Luca, but yeah, it well, might've changed. I assume that it's changed. Slow uh, start. I'm going to take a little peek, see if they, oh, they don't even have it up on my book, so I'm going to look online. Um, just while uh, Fiend was checking that out, uh, I'm on Kyrie Irving's uh, pro basketball reference page, and I really think that we should normalize the nickname World Be Flat, as that is listed as one of his nicknames. All right, so I, I think, I believe, this, is, this, is, this was before the NBA season began, so this was before all of this. I'll read it in order. Um, Luka Doncic plus 400 Giannis Antetokounmpo plus 425 Stephen Curry plus 500 LeBron James plus 700 someone who we didn't say but I think definitely has a great chance is Anthony Davis plus 700 mm-hmm, for sure Harden plus 800 someone I hate Kawhi Leonard plus 900 Kevin Durant plus 1000 so yeah definitely a lot of guys but I see a lot of guys on top contenders that's where I think maybe Curry, but I don't I don't think Curry's gonna be I just don't he's not well I see Doncic being elevated by Porzingis' return. Nobody's gonna save Steph in Golden State. They might be able to scrap their way to like the tenth seed or the eighth seed in the play in, but things are not looking great for the Warriors in general. So I don't see that. Can I actually share with you guys a very interesting stat? I can't always recall. I might have found this on TikTok. Don't don't come at me, charge our blinks. Um Sorry, had a little interruption. But um, 
in NBA history, there has been one franchise who has won a championship without a past, present, or a f- without a past or a present or a future MVP. And th- that would be the Detroit Pistons, who won it in 06, and then once in the 90s and once in the 80s, I believe. That's a very interesting stat, and I think that's going to be all for us today. Thank you guys for joining us. Harold, thanks for adding to the conversation. Uh, This was a great time. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. It's always a pleasure to be with you, Charlie. Same cannot be said for Harold.